Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor's storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I am Dan. And today we are discussing episode seven, the merge episode of Survivor, David versus Goliath. There's going to be tears shed. Said by our apparent new protagonist, Alec. Yeah. <laughs> um, who completely came out of nowhere as seemingly the best player on the season, or at least the biggest player on the season. Uh, it seems like Alec has a connection with everybody in this game. Um, and the only person who showed really any negativity towards him was Angelina, which is a little surprising considering uh, the rest of the story. But I think this was actually a really, really good episode. It was so jam-packed. Like, I really felt like I had to watch it. Like, I watched it three times, and I feel like now I finally have, like, a good read on what happened because it was just so much. Like, it was really jam-packed. Yeah, there were a ton of moments. I'm not so high on the episode. I know a lot of people love this episode. They're like, best merge episode ever, but... Um, I, I feel as someone who is always looking at the edit and the storylines, it sort of was very obvious in what it said. And I think we talked a lot about on the last episode on how there's a lot of, um, relationships out there that this episode could really explore. And I feel like while it did some of that, it also sort of left one path forward and didn't provide too many alternatives that seem truly viable i agree i do think that there's a chance like i think this is one of those episodes that while super good there's a chance we can look back at in two weeks and be like oh this was really signaling a kind of a pagonging kind of thing not necessarily not exactly a pagonging but like just a total grasp of domination and power by the strike force group uh that was introduced which is almost all of our complex characters yeah um but i do think that there is a chance that this is a, this is like act two, like act one was the pre-emerge up until this point. Act two is the rise of the strike force and that there will be an act three where they aren't taking complete control. Um, and that's why those more nuanced relationships were built uh, pre-merge. Cause like a lot of those, the tightest pairs are not in this group. And I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, like Christian and John are not both in this group. Christian is John isn't. Um, and what that says about everything is kind of interesting. So I do think there is a chance that this is a little bit more of a um, red herring, if you will, than it seems, uh, which is a little exciting. Um, I hope so. I think um, it sort of reminds me of a most recently maybe Game Changers, but I'm sure it happens in others where there is this sort of group that forms right at the beginning, but things do shift. I think Australian Survivor was also like that, where there was a group across tribal lines that started and then Australian Survivor 2017. Sorry, <laughs> forgot there was another whole season. Um, but where a group started and then people flipped and that group broke up and a new group formed. So I'd love it if it was like that, but I don't know how high my expectations are based on this episode. Yeah, that's the thing is like, I think there's always a chance that this is um, more like there's a chance that this is this is our group and like this is just gonna completely dominate uh, i definitely think it's on the table but i do think there's enough people outside of it that i'm like are they really just gonna get picked off that i feel like it's not 100 percent likely i think there's is gonna be a turning point um but it's so hard to say but that said like i think overall this episode i think this episode was really fun especially considering it was ended up being a 12-1 vote um, I think strategically it managed to be interesting regardless, um, which is kind of a shock 
Yeah, especially when, like, almost in the first five minutes, Carl is already like, Elizabeth has to go. And the episode veers from that, but it eventually comes back to that. And I think it does do some interesting things in that department. Yeah, I feel like if you're a seasoned Survivor fan where you know, like, blowing something up at Tribal is never going to work. Uh, because, well, maybe not never, but more than likely not going to work. Um, that you kind of, I, I saw Elizabeth going pretty easily, but in the back of my mind, I was totally like, oh, Angelina could go here. Maybe it's the better move, but, um, like it didn't really hide it or anything. Like there was definitely, they definitely just didn't show us a conversation of the Davids agreeing to vote her out. Um, yeah, I think that's, that, that's maybe the biggest thing missing is that it was a 12 one and it didn't necessarily look that way and i do think in fairness to the editors i do think they gave gabby kind of a confessional kind of indicating that that was gonna happen it just didn't it was like a double entendre kind of thing where she's like um i feel like did a good job of being like i'm really sad about the fact that i have to vote a david but i'm going to anyway kind of thing um and i do think gabby was kind of leading uh, elizabeth down like a wild goose chase um I think that was a clear, but you had to think about it for a while afterwards. So I think it was actually well edited, and I, I don't expect them to show us the um, seven da- six Davids being like, ah, I guess we're just going to do it then, huh? Yeah, like, sure. Useless scene. Like, you can figure out what happened, I think. Yeah, that was one of the things I really regained on the rewatch was that if you look at Gabby and Elizabeth's interactions, you can see Gabby's very much, like, not really giving Elizabeth a chance, even though it sounds like she is. Mm-hmm. And that's very Yeah, I'm 100% subscribing to the theory that Gabby was trying to make Elizabeth make other people look bad, like using her as like a attack dog, and but had no interest in saving her. I, yeah, I think she was just giving her lip service at most. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, the challenge was kind of lame, I thought. Uh, <laughs> they stole it from Australian Survivor 2017. Yeah, they did. And they've been doing that a lot recently, which I'm most supportive of. They have great challenges yeah. over there. This was probably not the one to steal. We want charades. Yeah, we want charades. Bring a charade. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, oh, uh, honestly, I think this was actually a really good episode because other than Davey, basically everyone got some content um, and got some sort of story or clarification on their next act kind of thing. Um and even, like, Allison and Alec, who were the two most invisible people, are now, like, on pace with a lot of people. And I think that's fun. Obviously, this entire episode was built around Alec. But Allison was also there for basically every conversation. Yeah. And, like, Allison's clearly killing it out there on the beach strategically. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think my one complaint is that the way it was edited, a lot of people got that content really early on in the episode. Yes. And it makes me really hesitant because of how the post-immunity challenge stuff sort of went down. It sort of threw my whole... Like, I've already been really up and down on who's winning this season. And I think when I sent my edict chart to Dan, I just left all the winner-contender spots blank because I have no idea at this point. And... Hopefully, as we explore all these people together, I'll have a better idea of what's up and what's down. But yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if this is confusion in a good way. Like, of course, I want to be like not knowing who's winning and not have it be Dominic versus Wendell at the merge. But it's almost too confusing and there's too many flaws and I, I, I'm getting confused. <laughs> 
See, I'm a huge fan because I feel like there's, like, I feel like it's confusing, but it's because, like we said a couple weeks ago, like, there's these kind of big puzzle pieces of, like, some of these people feel like they have to be either the winner or leaving really soon, and it feels like both are equally possible, and, like, I feel like there's, like, two or three names that if you just, like, ripped out and, like, saw, like, Christian comes 11th place, that the rest of the season makes sense. And, like, I think that's really fun from an editing and Edric perspective of, like, the minute Christian drops, Gabby skyrockets. The longer Christian stays, the slower, lower you have to have Gabby. Like, I think it's kind of fun that there is that kind of interplay of, like, there are the alphas and betas and, like, everything like that. Like, like the Natalie's, the Jeremy's, that kind of thing. Uh, and so many of these relationships. But it's unclear if this is the time that the like the alpha wins you know what i mean like i feel like it's still unclear whether this is a season going to be dominated by the underdogs and the second in command or like season do- dominated by the top dogs uh, i think that's the thing that's making it so confusing is often there is that there's like thematic storytelling of like big players do bad but that's not necessarily here and that's interesting yeah i can agree with that i'm not sure what sort of player is winning this it feels like they're showing a lot of equally valid types of play mm-hmm. as opposed to big moves rule all. It's not that this season. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Like specifically, like we'll get this with Kara, but Kara's basically whole story at this point is who's getting a confessional every episode, getting to comment and not being shown negatively is sit back and calm down. Um, and that's a major storyline in this season is Kara embracing being calm and chilling other people out and that's not something you see in modern survivor very much yeah for sure (laughs) Uh, i think yeah i think a big reason why all this is confusing is that the stories are complex and so i guess we'll go through our stories now starting with uh the whole social charm versus socially awkward theme which wasn't super here yeah like i don't know it's clearly a story. It's clearly, again, Gabby, Kara story. But it wasn't really here. I feel like they had so much to tell with this episode that the th- themes weren't super present overall in this episode. I think maybe you can sort of tangent off of it and we're starting with this sort of jury management um, mm-hmm. story. Uh, I think they're addressing it more uh, overtly. Overtly or covertly, I get them confused. The obvious one. Obviously. Overtly. Yeah, overtly. More overtly than in previous seasons, where right out the gate, our merge boot is like, our merge tribal council is all about whether Angelina is grooming, sometimes literally, um, her the people she wants to vote out uh, for them to vote for her on the jury. And... Mm-hmm. In this case, it's being shown as not working. Like, people are like, Angelina, regardless of whether she intended it or not, I kind of think she does. Um, I think she did, too. Yeah. And people are seeing through it, though. And so I think that might be another point on the favor of socially awkward. Where I agree. um, Sort of the social, ooh, how do I want to, like, social charm, but, like, very well composed, um, almost to a... There's some... Almost to a point of fakeness. Yeah, um, there's something. The season's telling us something about authenticity. Yeah, and how even if you're less social and you're less um, traditionally attractive, or as a person, like in terms of like com- like that, those kind of qualities, 
that you still you bring you do end up providing an authenticity that does attract people. And I think that's what it's saying with socially awkward. And I think this episode finally clarified what that theme is. Mm-hmm. We did like see it's not yeah. We did see uh, Alec ask Gabby to date him, and that was very very funny. It sort of looked like Gabby was sort of gelling more socially just overall in the episode. Yes. This was a very different Gabby until Tribal Council. Yeah, she made it 54 minutes, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> the tears made came. Back. There, there was going to be tears shed. That was the what the title meant. was like, you yeah. know Gabby looks like she's okay. She's not. Um, but yeah, I think that's the thing is, like, I think we might want to maybe clarify that this is, this theme is, like, it's, like, socially awkward versus social natural social charm equals authenticity is important and angelina is i think finally exposed as she is in this theme as the counter example yeah inauthenticity is bad regardless of if you're awkward or charming uh and authenticity is what really matters uh i think that's more points for like the gabbies of the world in my opinion or even, like, John, who immediately mm-hmm. shed his, like, wrestler persona and, like, I want to be the real John Hennigan. And, yes. I mean, we haven't seen a lot from John recently, but I think that's a good point to draw back to. Yeah, and, like, we've been mentioning that he fits perfectly in the socially awkward side, but I think now that we've uncovered, like, it's not so it's not socially awkward, it's social awkwardness can provide you a level of authenticity that can endear you to people. That's really good for John. Yeah. Because that's his story. <laughs> like, yeah, so far, which is alarming, but at least that's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think for this, like, I guess I said it wasn't super prevalent in this episode. It was just not, like, in your face. It was, they cl- they used Angelina kind of as the foil to this theme. Mm-hmm. Next is the ever-present uh, David versus Goliath, where the Davids have to turn their strengths into advantages, and Goliaths have to make the best of what they already have. Um... I think we continue to see this as just, like, always sort of there. I mean, uh, it's what divides the tribes on the big scale right now, what divides the sides. Um, we did get that confessional from Gabby where she's talking about how fitting it is that the Goliaths all just sort of go and choose which one to pick off. It's just so on theme. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Um we saw Allison win a challenge about sort of precision, but did not bring up that she was a doctor. And so I am Allison officially not winning 2018. Yeah, like right <laughs> when I saw the challenge, like I was I was sitting there with my girlfriend and I was literally like, Allison's going to win this challenge because it's like she's like a surgeon or something. Like it's like literally the skill. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, and her not getting to comment on it was pretty bad. But um I think another thing with Gabby, with this theme, exa- she basically exactly said this. I forget if it was to Carl or in confessional. It was uh, right beside Carl or in confessional. But, like, she literally said, like, there's a there's an upside to being looking pathetic, right? Like, um, we they, these those Goliaths are marching up and down the beach, and they think that we're just going to be picking us off. Uh, but that's what we're doing. Like, that's the plan. Um, and she articulated – it was to Carl. She was talking to Carl. That, like, there's more that meets the eye behind the patheticness of us. Um, I think that was the most succinct and direct reference to this theme was, like, she's literally using the perception of them being weak, defenseless underdogs to look more pathetic to then flip it down the line. 
I think that's what this foreshadowing was for. I think this whole situation with strike force and this idea that one tribe is worse than the other is being presented very differently from last season, where Malola was definitely this weak tribe that was getting picked off one by one, but like it was shown as very bad and like Malolo mm-hmm. is not great. Whereas this time it's not. And maybe part of that is because they're David's and you want to root for them. But I think also part of it is we may get our winner from there. And I agree. I think this is honestly like last season we were out like early on anyway. Uh, we were pretty optimistic that there's a chance that a Malolo wins because they have the underdog story. Uh, but this is the underdog story if an underdog wins, not yeah, like, the sad tale of underdogs not being able to <laughs> survive in the world or whatever. Um, and I think that's the primary uh, parts of this specific theme in this episode. Um, because, yeah, like, yeah, we really didn't see anyone, like, really make the best of the best situation or anything. But what we did see was, again, this theme come up of the a David can't win without a Goliath, which at this point I think is just intertwined with the previous theme. Um because that was Alec's story in this, right? Like, Alec is not thinking on the lines of David and Goliath. Christian even says, some people wa- talk about that, Alec walks it. And um, that is clearly the theme. Like, our final three is not going to be three Davids or three Goliaths. It's going to be, like, wa- like two and one or whatever. Yeah. Okay, this might be a bit tangential, but I, I swear it relates back-ish to everything. So we get Angelina later on. Um, talking about how she, her husband is in the military, so she can talk in military terms. And everyone's like, Angelina's not in the military, so what is she doing? <laughs> However, earlier in the episode, um, when Christian is talking in confessional about Alec and the strike force, he puts it all in these terms of like being on a battlefield and like that alliance parachuting in, and it's not seen as negative. So I think that's a point in their favor. And, I agree. Yeah. The whole, the strike force is totally about three Goliaths and three Davids coming together and um, sort of subverting this initial tribe split. Yeah. And honestly, like at this point, I'm convinced this is intended to be one of the most in your face themes. Like they're really trying to like really trying to bat it home to the casual audience that this is not, while the theme is called while the season is called David versus Goliath. The season is not David versus Goliath. And I think they're going to continue batting this. Nick said it like a million times. Alex said it like five times in this episode. Um, but I think, the, again, the most pressing part about it, we have another person leaving who is a voice of tribal loyalty. Um, Elizabeth's story in the pre-merge was all, Al- she wants to work with Alec more because he's more likely to work with the Davids um, over Kara. Like everything about her, all her story pre-merge was about looking after who's going to work with the Davids. And this is another person, a long line of people who was tribe strong and goes home. Very true. And gets the negative, like you shouldn't have been so tribe strong. Ha ha ha. gets tossed aside. Like, I think that's really very in your face. A big, big, big theme. Yeah. She was the one when Pat got medevac who got one of those big moments of like, yeah, David strong. And now we sort of see why it's not paying out. I think also whenever you see the Goliaths do their like big seven person thing, you're just kind of like, ugh, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want that. But like that also might just be underdog stories as they are, but they're just not being presented as a very fun group of seven or a very solid sure. group of seven. 
they're being shown very much like like this season's not at all edited like Ghost Island except for the moments when the Goliaths are by themselves. It's a lot like the new Malolo Navides. Like hold on, like the so Bradley <laughs> Bradley Kellen. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, like that group where they were just complaining and like this authoritarian group who didn't want to taking people. The idea of the Goliaths together is that the Goliaths 101 are not necessarily that. And I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think that's a big, um, big aspect in this whole thing is like, and I actually think this is an important thing to touch on before we move forward. So in the first episode, Jessica, Elizabeth, and Gabby are the three people who get a crying confessional uh, saying goodbye to Pat. Mm-hmm. And how he was the voice of the Davids and heart of the Davids and all that. Gabby's the only one who's left. Uh, and I mentioned that uh, I think this is a open season for the people who are tribe strong. Gabby's the only person who I think might might be the exception. Because Gabby Gabby's story is kind of she can't get along with Goliaths. And that's interesting. Because um, this should be a death sentence kind of for her. That... The season's telling us people who are tribe strong are gonna lose, and Gabby's definitely one of the voices of tribe strong, which I think is actually her biggest uh, negative at this point. Yeah, I almost want to say it's developing away from it, but you are right. Even though Gabby is in the strike force, um, throughout the last half of the episode, it seems like the edit really wants to show, but like, but like, what if it wasn't? Like, what if we just mm-hmm. made a Goliath go home anyway? <laughs> like. And, yeah, that's interesting. It's very weird. Like, she's the only one who's nuanced in her why she doesn't like the Goliath. You know what I mean? Natalie doesn't even give the Davids a chance. Uh, Elizabeth does like Alec only for the benefits that he wants to work with the Davids. Gabby gets to explain what her problem is with Goliaths, that they're confident and all that. And Christian's the one who serves as, like, the mediator where he says... um, Goliaths have vulnerabilities too. They're just not, they don't talk about them the same way. Um, and Gabby's always shown like defended that way. Like, like she gets to explain why she's different and she's now in this strike force, this tribe cross tribe Alliance, but then she's still posited as the person who then is kind of the voice of keeping Elizabeth and going after the Goliaths. And there's something really nuanced and complex about that whole storytelling choice that, Makes me not eliminate her. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think before we started discussing, I was going to, if like nothing changed, I think my top pick would be Gabby. There are so many people on the Gabby train right now that I'm like, huh. I mean, I can't help but like pay attention to her. So, but hearing that now I'm like, why are they do like, why are they showing Gabby this way? And mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. We're back to I don't know. But Yeah, I could see it in like some weird thing where they are... Because essentially, she is now the only person who looks... Like, like if you just asked somebody who just watched this episode, for instance, who the Davids are and who the Goliaths are, she's probably one of the only people you could identify as a David. Oh yeah, for sure. Which says something. Um, she's the voice of the Davids while still ticking this box of working with the Goliaths. And I think that might be them trying to keep her as the underdog David while also letting it be like, this is going to be a cross tribal thing, by the way, like David and Goliath's kind of gone, but Gabby's a David. Don't forget Gabby's a David. She's definitely a David. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. So I think it's good for her, but weird, very weird. Yeah. 
on to like I think one of my favorite things to look at empathy versus looking out for yourself which was everywhere this episode I felt yep <laughs> this this that's like that is the se- like theme of this season I think it's everywhere yeah um a small example is Allison when she is just so happy to have won like Jeff comments on how happy she is how her body is like pulsing and what she says is like I'm just I know my family at home is going to be so proud of me. It's like mm-hmm. not about herself, it's very much about everyone else and I think you were saying last episode that we sort of see Allison as the voice of empathy. Um so cuz she was in that first episode talking about how she sort of thought of herself as a David and it was sort of portrayed negatively, but looking back it's sort of creating a through line for Allison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has a story, which is cool, even though she, I guess she might not even be the most invisible anymore, but was. Like, it's interesting. Um, and yeah, she definitely is, like, the voice of it, even in uh, this episode. She is the one who kind of calms down. Like, her and John together are the ones who are calming down Angelina. Yeah. And I think that's pretty interesting. Um, you see that a lot. Like, um, I think a fantastic example on the contrary is Angelina looking out for her own game by versus the group looking out for her own game by sort of being empathetic. It was like this weird, like everything smashed together. That's actually a really interesting point. I was actually thinking about her specifically dominating, trying to get Christian out. Yeah. Okay. That's a very looking out for yourself moment. Yeah. You're right. Then she's, she's kind of like, she's hitting all these themes in the wrong way. (laughs) Because then she goes out in a pseudo-empathetic moment, which in my opinion was portrayed as her pandering. Yeah, her looking out for herself. By being empathetic. Yeah. And it backfiring, which is fascinating. Yeah. that was That's sort of the big moment for me. Um, Obviously, you got Gabby defending Elizabeth is a big, def- like, looking after the Davids as a whole kind of thing. Like, her screaming at Tribal specifically. Yeah. Is, like, this tr- this theme. Exactly. I think early on, I should have caught it when I rewatched, but someone on the Davids literally talks about them. Let's try to stick together and not just all, like, look out for ourselves. And it was <laughs> very, very on theme, as Gabby would say. Yeah, Gabby would be very annoyed with uh, that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, even, um, yeah, like, it, it, it was all over the place. Like, you even had um, Dan and Kara's relationship being that way. Like, Kara being like, hey, Dan, like, you really just need to calm down. Like, uh, like that kind of thing. It was just all over and the yeah, place. And, yeah, I mean, Dan is looking out for himself because Elizabeth said his name. And so. Ooh, and actually a great moment is um, John. We're, our introduction for him is the food. But then right after he says. Um, you know, me and Christian have a great bond, but, you know, I'm going to stick with the Goliath because I think it's better for my game and then we'll ride it out like gentlemen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, very much looking out for himself. John has put himself in that category. We see this cool duo with him and Christian and he is considering other things completely. Yeah. I think part of it is you can say, well, any season of Survivor is going to be about this in some way, but I think it is much more present here and much more nuanced in sort of this, like, actually just caring about other people versus, like, doing what's best for you Mm -hmm. and like yeah obviously it's like inherently a question of survivor but just like last season trusting your gut being such a massive theme it was over focused in that season this one it's over focused and it was 
presented in the premiere in a really fascinating and intriguing way, presented in Swap in an intriguing way, and it's here in a very intriguing way. It's very There's clear intent to have this be a big question, uh, because again, like a lot of these themes that we touch on are basically them instructing the casual audience who is good player, who is bad player. Yes. And they use these things to uh, say that. And I think at this point, it's easy to see that empathy is probably the correct thing to do. This is a season about authenticity, being a caring about others, while also caring about yourself. But considering others while also caring for yourself. Yep. Um, on to girls. There's only four of them left, so... Def- another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Gabby's the last David girl. <sighs> this is wild. Like... Because it's clearly a theme, too. And I think it played in here again, where they've got Gabby talking about the advantage. Uh, we're going to get to that a little bit more Yeah, later. we have a lot to say we about We have a that. lot to say about Gabby <laughs> in this episode, as she was, as we do every episode. Uh, <laughs> Gabby but, is yeah, the like, new Jenna. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but um, we, uh, that's the thing, is she's a girl is the one chosen to give that confessional and about the advantage. And we also have like, like Hara finds out about Dan's idol and again, information about the idol being proven is more important than, um, which I think is actually tied in this theme. Somehow it's girls as the underdog and information is more important is connected to girls specifically. Um, because Christian talks to Nick and Nick brings some valuable Intel or whatever, actual Intel, um, about the idol that Dan has. But then Dan shows Kara a second idol that no one knows about. So Kara's the benefactor in that situation. And it's very weird. It's a very strange, very weird theme. Yeah. And I would say Allison also looks very, um, at least positive with her mm-hmm. uh, moment at the immunity challenge. And guess who the odd person out is? It's Angelina. Yep. Who's the narrator of this theme, which is... <laughs> Odd. Yeah. Like, we know that she wants to work with girls, um, but it just doesn't seem to work out ever for whatever reason. I mean... And actually, there's something weird here. Um, So in the last episode, in the previous episode, we had Angelina going to Lyrsa and trying to bridge a connection because they're both Latinas. They're both girls. She really thinks that the two could work together because of that. And they have a falling out and Angelina votes Lyrsa out. In this episode, we have... Angelina going to Elizabeth, trying to hash it out as girls because she really cares about her. It not working out, them hating each other, Angelina voting her out. And then I think before that, uh, her with Natalie, it looked like she was working together, but it was all just a ploy to get that jacket. Yeah. So, Oh my God. Is, this, is there I a think, chance that this is an ironic theme against well, Angelina? I, I think it's just against Angelina, maybe. Um, so we go back to that first episode where she's like, Girls should be finding equal idols. Why is that not happening? And then if Angeline is just voting out a girl every time she gets the chance, it's ironic, yeah. But I, oh my. I don't think oh it no. hurts the other girls, though. Yeah, I think it could be dual aired. Yeah. Like, I actually did not consider that until this moment, and that's super possible. <laughs> like, that, that is, like... Well, why don't okay, if the theme is why don't girls do well in Survivor because Angelina votes them out? I'll be extremely disappointed, but no, I, I think it might I, be dual layer. I love it because I think Angelina started for us where like 
Her premiere looked bad, but then it started to look good. And we were like, well, maybe Angelina's captivating. But then now mm. she's the super villain and you're like seeing like, oh, like Angelina's the like cause of her own problems. Yeah, it's, it's a cool nuanced story. I like it. And I actually think because I think there's a chance that it's like Angelina's a hurdle to the girls doing well kind of thing. But also that a girl's going to win anyway. I think there's a chance that's what we're being told. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. So I think that's pretty fun. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm all aboard. And I think like Angelina's like basically being, Angelina's like Natalie 2.0 being used as, look, don't do what she's doing. Yeah. Um, a- Angelina also a nerd, but I, I don't think that's as badly portrayed. No, this, that was not in this episode at all. Honestly, this nope. nerd's theme. Nope. It's, uh, it's well, gone now. well, at tribal, um, Allison's talking about exponentials and then Christian chimes in True. with factorials. And then <laughs> I guess with, with Christian on the season, it's always going to be somewhat there, but like, we didn't get this like grand nerd moment or anything. Sure. I guess, and like John kind of commented on it too, so... Yeah, John's comment was funny, but it wasn't nerdy, I guess. Yeah, like, I guess you get, like, the... It's still there in the background. It's yeah. It's just... I mean, how it can It's clearly it... important. It's... And I guess Christian knocks over the wood. It's just Christian at this point. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Christian's effect on people is almost a theme, and, like, <laughs> it's kind of this nerd's theme. And that that uh wood scene was really funny. That's something I would do in a confessional, like, because I wave my arms around. Like, if, if this was a video <laughs> podcast, like, I hit things, like, I hit my box all the time, and like, oh, I've been, know, like, I've been waving my arms around a lot this episode. Yeah, like, I, 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 I relate a lot to the, it's the what, like, oh no, um, I guess do I just finish my confessional? I guess so. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, and yeah, other than that, like, nerds weren't super prevalent, but. They're going to continue to be. And, like, all of our main characters are nerds. And I think that was a way to show that they're similar. Yeah. Uh, but I could see this just vanishing completely. I do think it's interesting now that Alec is a bigger character. I think he's maybe not tied into that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the rest of Strike Force is to some extent. But, yeah. Al- Angel- or Sorry, not Angelina. Uh, Allison, too, kind of. Well, she's the doctor, so I just made an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. I can't operate on my own son because <laughs> I'm Allison, woman doctor. Um, and then last is the named alliances. And just when you think you can't get any more, like we add another one. <laughs> it's incredible how I feel like almost every episode we've added a new alliance, a uh, new named alliance. Yeah, the strike force. I think maybe the worst name yet. Hmm. Uh, Rockstars is probably the worst one yet. Yeah. What was Thoroughbreds is pretty bad, but that one. Okay, they're all pretty bad. <laughs> they're all pretty bad. Except Slamtown. Slamtown's fine. Yeah. And yeah, like at this point now we have like such a weird mashup of these named alliances. That's clearly good. Like that's why I think this group's going to break up, this Strike Force group, as a way. Like I think the named alliances won our next story and he's obviously in the group, but as a way to kind of explain how it breaks down. Oh. Hmm. I was sort of disappointed when we didn't touch back on the thoroughbreds ever. Like Nick and I Elizabeth agree. just never happened. Um, that's weird, but it's... I think I, I think that's the biggest editing mistake in this episode. Yeah. Like literally, if you just had Nick be like, "Well, uh, Elizabeth is my thoroughbred part," maybe he just didn't remember the name. Like that's. <laughs> I think that's a good way to sort of bring in the fact that it might be a twelve-one vote. 
is to have them to caucus in some way and then Nick mm-hmm. can be like, I don't know. I really want to stick with my alliances, but maybe it's just yeah, better for us to look unanimous. And and I'm sure if this episode was 48 minutes long, we would have seen it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that was the last thing cut. Or, yeah. Was like, or I can dream up confessionals all day and maybe they just didn't happen. So Yeah, that's true. Like, I think it's definitely possible that, like, within the realm of possibility that Nick, like, completely forgot that we had an alliance. <laughs> yeah. Um... So yeah, that's our stories. Um, now I, let's go to our complex tribe. Yeah, the Kalo Kalo tribe. Kalo Kalo. Yeah, the stars. Yeah, stars of the season. Elizabeth named. Yeah, poor Elizabeth. I like. How, I don't feel like anyone cares anymore. They're just like, yeah, like that works. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's probably the name of your wife's. Uh, <laughs> like I feel Boss and Rob ruined it. Like <laughs> that's her favorite horse. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like someone's always gonna be trying to throw in something that they can like wink at in a confessional. Yeah, maybe if like Natalie was here, she'd be like, name it after me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Calo Calo, starting as we go in alphabetical order with the literal star of this episode, Alec Merlino. Both of our winner picks preseason. Yeah, and now I'm like, maybe, maybe we're right. Yeah, now, like I. Mm, I what think... happened with Alec? <laughs> I don't like. There's clearly something weird here because he, he was not the least visible, but the second least visible pre-merge, and they literally couldn't. Like this episode was so much about him that they literally had to basically reintroduce him completely re-narrate everything he's done in the game. So he flipped on Natalia. That's clearly important. It was mentioned like four times. Um, we had multiple people talk about who he is, what he's like. They couldn't tell this episode without him because he was integral to every little decision, but they didn't develop him at all before this. You think he was integral to inter- integral, integral to this episode? I feel like everything sort of was happening without him, but yet he was somehow in every moment. I don't know. To me, that looks a lot like, like, because Christian has a confessional talk about how Alec made the group. This is Alec's group. Um, they're all talking about how Alec flipped, and that's a like that's a huge that's drama true. there. Okay, yeah. Um, Alec is on the bottom of the Goliath, but he has to weigh whether uh, to flip with them. Uh, Alec makes a duel with Christian. Alec, uh, like, makes a duel with Gabby. Um, Alec introduces the fact that, like. If you look at the Strike Force Alliance, yeah, it's Christian. Like, based on what we're like, if you just like last week, you got a spoiler and you saw the Strike Burst Alliance, and it's like Alec, Allison, Nick, Gabby, Christian, Mike. You would see, you would think it would develop out of Christian talks to Nick, Nick talks to Mike, uh, Christian talks to Gabby, Mike talks to Allison and Alec. Right? Like that's how you'd think it would form. Yeah. That's not how it formed at all. Right? Like Alec. Talked to everyone one-on-one and brought them in. Yeah, like, Nick is the last person. He's like, I just walk on the beach and I get invited into an alliance. And, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, like, the person with, like, the person who we've been taught, like, Christian and Nick, we were talking about how this entire season is a compilation of all their duos. And they had effectively nothing to do with the creation of the complex six-person group. It was all Alex's relationships. Alec really likes Allison, so he brought her in. Alec really likes Mike, so he brought him in. We didn't even see them talk on original Goliath. Yeah. 
Yeah, no no clue what they're doing with Alec. He kind of feels a little Andrea-y to me mm-hmm. from Game Changers, where, like, she was super irrelevant all of pre-merge and then becomes this really big character, and you're like, why didn't you give this person a better edit mm-hmm. so I could be more legitimately considering them? So my theory with Alec is he must do something like... Like, this reminds me kind of, honestly, of, like... Like, this is obviously the extreme version or whatever of, like, Jeff Varner in Game Changers, where, like, he's clearly important, he's clearly necessary to be told, being told, the, like, what he's doing and everything, but he, I'm thinking he does something really, really stupid to get voted out. Like, this is the guy who's gonna get, like, Eric Reichen backed or something, because they're telling us he's a terrible player, over and over again, that he doesn't know what he's doing, but also that he set up the alliance that's clearly gonna dominate the game. Like, they had to tell us, like... They're telling us that he sucks, but then they're showing us that he doesn't. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. When I, yeah, when I look at Alec, like the way he like talks about the game, it feels very familiar. I sort of get like a like online survivor game vibe to him, where the way he talks mm-hmm. through stuff. And but yeah, everyone is so negative about what he's done, what he's doing, and it doesn't come together. That's the thing is like. That's why I really think this is, like, the... He does something really awful. And they're, like, they, they're they not going to be able to explain it in an episode. Say so they just throw shade at him the entire time and then throw him in when he matters. Because otherwise this doesn't make sense. Um, because I guess my hot take here... I think Alec is playing the best game right now. By a decent margin. I think like he, if I was... A, he might be a little too in the front. Yeah, may, like, yeah, okay. He's playing the biggest game anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's... Yeah. Like, if you were out there on the beach and you were going to call a winner, I think he'd definitely be in your top candidates because he is in the Pagong and Goliath group, if that's how it goes. He is in the Strike Force group. Um, everyone seems, like, people seem to actually like him in that group. Like, it really feels like he has everything going for him, but yet we're told that he's incompetent, essentially. Yep. And that he even, in this episode, it said that he flipped for no reason. Mm. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I mean on Natalia. Yeah, I, I, in that situation, I don't think he did. I think even the show was like, in Natalia's reaction that they showed us, like it looked somewhat valid. I like, agree. I agree. On a personal level, at least. Maybe on the larger game level, no. But And I, was, I also defended him there, right? Like he did get a kind of a negative treatment. Like Kara got to kind of rip into yeah. him. But... Um, even then I defended the move. I thought it was fine. I think this proves that it worked out great. It was a good move. Risky, but good. Um, and yet it's still telling us he's bad. So I think that this is just like, he's probably going to flip again. I could see that being the strike force undoing and it being like, what were you doing? You had the game. If you just stuck with this group of our favorite characters. Well, I think Um, the weird thing is, so he like totally like strike force has no Vuku members on it other than Alec. So he just, like, deserts everything from Vuko mm-hmm. into these five new people. So I think that's I, a little weird. I guess maybe, okay, maybe in fairness to the Survivor editors, maybe there's just a chance that Alec is this dominating player that how the heck do you tell this story? Um, where he flips on Goliath, so you can't really show him being too close with Goliath on original Goliath, because he flips and votes at Natalia, who he's working with. And then he comes to the merge and he completely flips on Vuku. So all his alliance are people that he effectively hasn't met yet. Yeah. I guess there's a chance that that's the only story they could tell. 
but then why are you telling us that he sucks? Is like <laughs> on someone who's otherwise a reliable narrator. Like I think that's the big thing. Like if Natalie was saying that Alex sucked, I wouldn't take it as a big deal. But the fact that it's Kara doing it over and over again, when Kara is generally shown as having a good read on how everyone's playing, yeah, is bad. Yep. So I guess I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about Alec? Like, nope. I I think he's fun. I'm glad he's bigger now. Mm-hmm. I hope it stays this way. <laughs> yeah, actually, bef- before we move on, I just want to say like everything he was saying in this episode was so smart, and like you said, familiar feels like some. It honestly feels like someone playing in their second game. Like he comes off to me like he knows exact. Like he he comes off really smart about the game, and yeah, I. I was loving him in this episode, and I really hope he's around for a while, and I hope this is the Alec we get, not the much less developed. And I think, props to us, we correctly identified this guy was going to be a good player. So, <laughs> Alamo. Yeah. Um, next up, we got Allison. Also. Another preseason favorite who kind of got a little bit invisible and then is here at the merge. Yeah, all that. Um, I know I said that, like, Allison didn't get, like, content on her being a doctor and winning, but I'm kind of like, what if Allison could win this season and it's just like did she get enough in the pre-merge i think no but i don't know i think you would have had allison talk about the girl thing in the first episode for instance you know what i mean like i'm sure she also gave a confessional like that but i don't know like i think there's some things where it's just like i can see the allison edit win or win it winner of it and it's slightly different yeah i think you need more focus because if we go back to original Goliath lines, there's that alliance of six, which she's not in. And it's like her, mm-hmm. Natalie, Mike, and Jeremy. And she is the weirdest one that's not in there. But, like, we would get some comment, sort of the way we got Mike commenting on mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I really like Allison. I do, too. This is a good episode for her, but... She's way better than that first episode where she came in and was just, like, yelling for no reason. <laughs> um, I I would imagine Allison is a losing finalist. And, like, the irrelevant, boring kind. I think it's possible. I really think that um, this is kind of, like, while she is the voice of empathy, she's kind of the voice of empathy in, like, a way that it looks like she's kind of getting played. Uh, which yeah. is not what you want, generally. Um, but... I do think that she does, like, like, that's the thing is, like, she has this edit where it's, like, it's kind of like, um, what's her name? Ashley Nolan in Triple H, who just, like, theoretically has the content to win. Like, you know who she is, kind of who she's working with, but, like, you just can't see her. Like, like, what do they say about Allison when she wins? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there's no real clear cohesiveness at all. You can't really make a montage out of it. That's, like, my thing with Allison. I do think she's there for a long time. I think you're right. Maybe not losing finalists, but I could definitely see her being top six. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Ashley Nolan is a good comparison. She could also go in that spot where just numbers are dwindling and she just needs to go. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's all I have to say on Allison. The same. And that brings us to the queen, Angelina. Angelina. Wonderful villainess of the season. Um, She's just like, she also feels familiar in that she knows how to play the game, but she is so transparent in that she's playing a game. Yeah, she's like, really has like chronic teacher's pet syndrome, I think. Like, (laughs) 
like just you can't like there's something so fake about angelina like she does not have any authenticity at all and what she's doing like somehow she comes off like she is like she's a game bot who like knows to be social but like doesn't know how kind of yeah like her response to just last question at tribal where she's like well i think me and elizabeth said some stuff tonight and i will be voting for elizabeth and i hope that the rest of the guys stick with our plan and voting out elizabeth it's like okay we get it you're reinforcing that you want everyone to stick to the plan but you are not saying it in a very natural and convincing manner yeah i I think the thing with angelina (laughs) is we touched on the theme of like empathy versus looking out for yourself and I think Angelina is almost the voice of sympathy or pity over empathy. Like, she is not... I don't think she... We ever get the sign that she's genuinely... Because empathy is, like, genuinely considering, like, walking in other people's shoes, feeling what they feel. I don't think Angelina f- understands how other people feel about anything. Yeah, and- also... Also at that tribal, she just, like, says really quickly, she's like, yeah, we get it. The struggle is real. And then she, like, continues going on. And it's just very funny to hear someone say the struggle is real. And especially that person being Angelina. And in such a condescending way, too, right? Like, it's... Yeah. She knows she's not going in that moment, I think. And she's kind of just rubbing salt in the wound. And (laughs) she's good at that. Like, I... I know they found her with, like, Adam Klein recruited Angelina. They need to get more people like this who are, like, not afraid to be, like, genuinely, like, mean. Like, cruel (laughs) people on the show because it's fun to watch. But she's, like, it's, like, veiled under so many layers of, like, (laughs) fake niceness that it, like, works so well. Like, Angelina, like, it seems like she's doing everything right and yet they just, like can catch all the ways in that she's doing it wrong. Like when she's like brushing Christian's hair, it's just like from this angle and it looks very evil and Oh, just perfect. No, I agree. And like, you know what she reminds me of honestly is like, have you ever read like really passive aggressive, um, like PR posts, like, like public relations posts where like, they're like, or, like, an email from, like, your boss or something that's really passive-aggressive. And it's like, hey, I really appreciate the effort you put into this project. In the future, could you consider putting giving more respect to the project? Thank you in advance, Karen, or whatever. Like, that, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like when I get an email and I'm like, ugh, this is awful. Like, they're doing so much stuff wrong. But I can't say that. So I have to, like, patch it up in, like, nice words and, like, yeah. polite words. And I like to think I'm not being so obvious. But somehow she talks Angelina. like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's how she speaks is in, like, PR talk. And it's... Yeah. It's like, I think if I were in a situation where I had mean things to say, but I didn't want to say them, I would just be, like, very agreeable. But she always has, like, fully-fledged, like, responses to stuff that end up just showing how she feels more than placating. I agree. Like, I don't know. I think, like, someone's got to, like, write up a new rule for survivors. Like, uh, speak with, like, authenticity. Like, even when you're lying. Like, because she's not really lying all that much either. Like, she's pretty honest, but still has a way of being super fake despite that. Yeah. And, like, 
we have not talked about her chances of winning, which I Zero. mean, Zero. number one contender. Um, but she's like, honestly, no. I could see everybody in the game with more equity than her. I think so. Yeah. At this, like, like, yeah. Like at this point I would put Alec above her. I would put Allison above her. Like maybe not Dan, but because every person who's at the, who's going to be on the jury was at this one tribal council where Angelina got like called out for like jury management in a fake way. And like, I mean, I don't think you can overcome that. I think she's either, I think she's more likely just going to get voted out than actually be like a final tribal council, like, goat. Yeah. And I definitely, I, though I do think it's in the realm of possibility that she just gets to the end, gets no votes, no respect at all. Like, that's a possibility, but. If that happens, I just kind of want it to be like, well, Angelina isn't winning this game, so she's just going to be here while the other 11 of us. If she gets Troyzan, yeah. Us. But like, Troyzan just sort of crept there angelina blew up and then Mm -hmm. is like immune by lack of authenticity yeah like i really think that's totally possible um i think she's gonna be here a little while but her story could realistically end at any point so it's like kind of hard to call where she's gonna end up um and i i feel like every episode from here on out might be less satisfying Angelina than we've seen. Mm-hmm. Cause I think all her cards have been shown and now she's just like, well, what do I do? Yeah. She's exposed at this point and it's just like, are they going to keep her or are they going to agree to get her out? And there's not really, I don't think she has any agency in the game at this point. Like, I don't know. Like Dan doesn't like her now. Like it's just, it's, she doesn't really have much pull at all. It's tough. So, I don't know. That's all I have to say about Angelina. Uh, I hope she remains as fun of a character. I hope so. I think she can. I think her struggling with powerlessness could be also be very funny. Oh, yeah. Because that because... was totally her acting out, in my opinion. Like, I think, yeah, she was going for jury management. But, like, I think she was really mad that they didn't listen to her. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. She definitely wanted to be, like, <laughs> the, and then she just... Because yeah. she was so happy in that confessional when things were going her way. She's like, and I can speak in military terms because my husband's in the military. And, you know, they're just, they're listening to it. And, like, I have this way. Sp- like, she wants to be that, like, in your face CP mastermind. And then everyone's like, mm, she's really bossy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then she's, like, crying. And yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, she's, she's super happy when she's in power. And then the minute anyone doubts her, then she's miserable. On to Carl, who is, like, kind of just the opposite of Angelina in every way. Like, weirdly, like, boring and, like, just wants to get Elizabeth out. Yep. I don't know. Where's where's the Carl of the beginning of the season, who is, like, kind of engaging? I agree. Like, I don't know. He just seems to have, like, kind of vanished. Um, like, he was drunk in this episode, and... It's kind of unclear why, like, I, I, obviously because he drank, but, like, I don't know, like, he just doesn't, like, really have a story. Like, we knew he didn't like Elizabeth, but not that much. Like, I don't know. He just is a goal. He's, he's one of these tribe strong people. He's just a David. Yeah, he, he really feels like he doesn't fit in to any storylines at the moment. I feel like we're going to hang on to this David versus Goliath storyline for a bit, and he's going to go and maybe, like, Davy too, and mm-hmm. until Strike Force strikes. 
Yeah, I think he's a prime candidate to leave next, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Which, like, I can't imagine them wrapping up everything we did see from Carl in the next episode, but who knows? I agree. Like, he just doesn't have a story. Like, yeah. He has that advantage nullifier, which might come into play, but, like, he really doesn't have anything at all. <laughs> like, his only ally was Davy, who's still here, and, like, honestly, maybe the only person he's talked to who's still here is Davy, and he was invisible in this episode, so. Yep. I don't know. So, I guess, is that Carl? That's Carl. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, on to Christian. Who uh, I'm also disappointed with. And I know we talked before this, and I think we, like, swapped positions on this issue. Last week, you were like, I think it's going to be Christian. Like, I think it's just that simple. And I was like, nope, he's going to leave very soon. Like, and now I think, oh, Christian's going to be the decoy boot every episode, and then he's not going to leave, and then he's going to (laughs) win. Like... I think he's going to be that decoy boot. I don't think he's winning. I think this was a bad merge episode for Christian. Why do you think think, it's bad? Well, I think if you look at the episode, there are a few people, a few like complex people we've seen who just got nothing after the immunity challenge. And like Christian's one of them. And it's just weird for him to have no place in this vote, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't you think it could be just like it looks bad if like the Davids are voting the david out like i think that's a possibility like i don't know but like, you, is gabby the only one who can like carry the sort of in-between story i guess i think it's possible and i also think it's possible that because gabby's story was a little interesting with elizabeth where like she was mad at the david or for at the Goliath for having so much power but was still willing to go along with it because she had more nuance to it um maybe christian didn't really care you know what i mean like maybe christian was just 100% okay with voting Elizabeth, where it did hurt Gabby. And I think when it's this emotional story of, like, do I let these big bad guys, these big buff, scary bad men, not men, but, you know, in a group, bad guys. Yeah. Um, well, mostly at this point. Yeah, mostly at this point, yeah. But do I let them bully my people, or do I stay with them, is, like, Gabby's story. Christian doesn't really work as that narrator. And Christian, as the edit told us last week, is a Goliath now. Right, so I don't think it's super... I think it would be hard to fit him into that narrative. Um, and mostly it's just... This is the episode where I'm like... like It's kind of like Wendell's merge episode, where he was never really a target until the merge, and then they just used him as a decoy boot like every episode. And it kind of reminded me of that a little bit too much. Hmm. I don't know. I just feel like we're not getting any sense that... Christian knows he's going to be targeted. And then maybe we didn't get that with Wendell either, but it just seems like we're going to see this every episode, but I don't know if Christian cares. I think a lot of the strong relationships he's made, like with Dan and John, aren't being like fostered, and then we're not seeing them like fall apart. I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. See, I don't have him number one, but I have him a lot. I could see it a lot more clearly. I still think he could go sooner rather than later. I do think there's a chance that it's at, like, Alec's hands or something. Like, that actually makes a lot of sense to me if that's the reason uh, Alec got kind of, like, shafted a little bit. Is if, like, he flips on obvious production favorite greatest of all time character for, like, no reason and then leaves right after or something. Like, if that's the story of, like, Alec flips on Christian, now Gabby's alone, has to 
destroying Alec, blah, 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 that kind of thing. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense uh, if he is, like, that sacrificial lamb kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I still He's still a mystery. It's just this time I'm, like, I can kind of actually see his game getting there. Like, he got the doubt in this one. Because, like, last episode it was, like, he's got way too many alliances. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to be willing to vote him out. In this episode, John starts off saying, I'm willing to vote out Christian. You know what I mean? Like, I'm with the Goliaths, who was one of his, like, pegs. We got Dan kind of like that, too. Uh, we got Angelina actively targeting him. So now there's, like, that built-in doubt that they like to have where it's, like... Because Christian was too obviously going far last episode. That's why I thought he was going. Now they've been, like, nope, he's going soon. He's going soon, which makes me think, oh, no, he's here for a long time. Hmm. I definitely see the doubt. I just don't see it being reciprocated right now by, like sort of active play and like knowing mm-hmm. the uphill struggle he has. Um, and maybe, yeah, it's just the circumstances of this merge. We'll have to see how it develops in future episodes. I agree. And like, I love Christian. I'll be really disappointed if he wins. Like, I think that would be, that would leave, he'd be like the one person in this game who would leave like, other than like if Angelina won or something, but like, would leave like a sour taste in my mouth if he won because I think you would not be sad if Angelina won. No, I would be super happy, but like it would be weird. Like it just wouldn't <laughs> yeah. feel right. Yeah. Like Christian's the one where it's just like he's too in your face because like it just like yeah technically he's not because he doesn't speak as much as he seems. But like if you talk to anybody about the season, it's like we love Christian. He's the greatest. Blah, blah, blah. Like I just I would be disappointed personally if this is the winner story. Um, because I th- I just think you could probably tell it better, but. I don't know. It is what it is. I think he's, for me, he moved up, but there's still two people above him. Hmm. I know one. I don't know the other. <gasps> and, oh, yeah, I know the other. Never mind. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of trouble with this merge episode, but I think a lot of that could be repaired with future episodes. Actually having more, like, Christian than this episode did. Yeah. Actually, do you think this is, do you think him talking in military terms is bad for him? I don't think so. Okay. I think it was shown very positively. I think there's um, a chance it's one of those, like, under-the-radar things. But, like, under-the-radar, pi- like, pings that, like, it's like, oh, they told us you don't do that. But I think they're doing just fun, little, subtle things. Like, we'll get to Gabby and the Advantage soon and mm-hmm. talk about that. But I think this is a case where Christian did it in confessional. So yeah, that's true. it's sort of highlighted as a positive thing, but, like... I don't know. It felt right to me in a way that Angelina's didn't. I agree. Like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where Christian goes. He is a he's that person that I mentioned. Like, if you tell me where he places, I feel like I can call the season. Um, obviously, unless he's the winner. Um, it's just <laughs> you can't. You you don't know. Yeah, like if... I honestly, I could see him being a losing finalist. Even like, oh no, I think he's got the kiss of. Oh, if he makes it to the finals, he's mm, winning. That's true. That's I'm true. like, even from Angelina, and I think people agreed with it. So, like, I think that's pretty set in stone. Yeah. Unless he, like, goes weirdly, like, negative and, like, power crazy. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's really all I have to say about Christian. It just He continues yeah. to be a great character. Um, continues to have strangeness. But bad strangeness, I think. But has yeah. some upsides like i don't know again i hope it's not him because I, I would rather remember christian as a fun character than a winner but it is what it is next up someone who isn't winning we got our boy dan <laughs> who like 
co-opted a southern accent this entire episode yeah like where is he's not from the south but he was whenever he was talking about being targeted or just angelina he was like yeah angry dan's from the south (laughs) and like there's a lot of editing stuff with dan in this episode that was interesting like like they kept zooming in on his angry face um (laughs) we got him talking to himself in the challenge uh being like, you got it, Dan. You believe in yourself. You got this. You got this. Um, they're having a lot of fun with Dan, just kind of editing him. I think. Yeah, they don't. They don't have like the slightest care to like edit him as a winning no. contender. They're just like, this is this fun, wacky person who's definitely not winning, but enjoy him while he's here. And like, I feel like the casual opinion, like the, if you ask like an actual average casual fan, they're like, oh yeah, I think he's gonna leave with both idols. <laughs> like, because <laughs> they're just like they're basically just telling us up front that he's gonna do something stupid yeah um i think the most interesting thing about dan is his relationship to kara um we continue to get car dan loving kara kara being like dan you're stupid uh <laughs> which is probably the funnest showmance ever in survivor not a high yeah. bar to cross but um i like that uh, i forgot what i was gonna say uh yeah you didn't like love goggles as much as this no way not even close <laughs> It's just fun to see, like, I don't know, like, the big, like, the guy who finds the two idols, who's, like, big and macho, be the dummy, and, like, the dummy follower puppy dog, and the, like, the blonde beauty queen cheerleader girl be the strategy person who's, like, divorced from it and emotionless. Like, I think that's pretty, just wonderful that we were able to have that story told in Survivor. Um and I think Dan actually could be here longer than it seems. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Very obvious. Like, if we have Strike Force and they're the obvious ones moving forward, we have this big storyline of Dan and Kara who don't fit into this at the moment. And I think that's a big major thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, I agree. Like, I actually think there's a possibility that Dan could make it, like, genuinely like, to the end. Um, But, like... Maybe not the actual finals, but, like, right there. Or he could leave, like, he's somebody who, this episode, reinstated his ability to make it far. Yeah. I think early on we were saying, oh, yeah, Dan is, like, obviously a big target at Merge. And we'll go pretty soon. When, like, yeah, Elizabeth brought his name up, but that's not even who the vote ended up being between. As much as it was between anybody. And, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So... I think there's a good chance that he does something stupid and Kara saves him or something like that. Like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of ways that this story can still develop that are interesting. Uh, And just the way they set it up, it's kind of an open door of, like, is Dan going to mess up and get himself eliminated? Is Dan going to mess up and get Kara eliminated? Is Dan going to mess up and get neither of them eliminated? Like, you know Dan's going to mess up, but... He's going to do something goofy. Yeah, but is it going to be a death sentence? Not necessarily. And I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's honestly all I have to say about Dan. Yep. Not winning. Still not winning. Still not winning. This I guess he did, did get... nothing to flip that around. Yeah. He, the one thing I guess to add before we move on is there was that interesting moment where Kara tells Dan that she wants him to win. Was it that? I thought it might've been the other way. No. Like Ka- yeah. Telling. Kara told Dan that she wants him to win. Hmm. And that was subtitled and it was very weird, but I don't know what to make of that um if there's a okay my one asterisk here if there's a chance that this is 
the Dan winner story and then decide to just tell it by Dan's an idiot and shouldn't have won, like that would be really annoying. But that's not super likely. But if that, like, I think there's like a weird world where that's the story. Like, but I'm not even going to try and go there. But yeah, let's move on to Davey. Yeah, we have so much to talk about. Remember when Davey Davey was going to win? Like, oh. oh gosh, he's there with Carl. Like, no, he's like worse than like. I know I was watching early on and Davy wasn't getting anything. I was like, oh, this seems like it's headed towards a weird invisible merge episode. And you know what it did? Literally invisible. Literally. Like, if they did not have to show him, they didn't show him. Like, what? I'm shocked. Yeah. At how developed that guy was from, like, the swap. Like, the... If you told me that this was what he would look like after that swap episode, like I would have like not believed you at all. And I don't, now we're here. And what? It's just like I don't know what they're doing now because they really want to show like his big moments, but like maybe he didn't have any. But like give some of because Carl had two moments. Give Davy at least one of those, and then be yeah. like. They're at least all here. Like, there were moments where I was like, oh, yeah, Davey's still here. Like, he's the 13th guy. Yeah, I was kind of like, and... wait, did Davey get medevaced? Like, like, <laughs> like did, did I miss something? And it was just so weird. Yeah, like... Like, yeah, we were totally like, wow, they're being so obvious with Davey winning. <laughs> like, could they hit us over the head anymore? And then... And now I'll be know, shocked maybe... if he survives three weeks. Maybe they're, like, listening to us and we're like, we'll show you, (laughs) obvious editing. (laughs) And imagine they just delete all, like, they have, like, a folder of all David, Davey's footages and footage. And he just, (laughs) they just, like, press delete. They're like, look, now you're not going to guess our winner. (laughs) (laughs) You can't guess the winner if they're not there. Exactly. Thinking Um, head to finger to head meme. I just, poor dude. Like, he's an interesting character. Uh, I'm sure he did something in this episode. He didn't like Elizabeth. Like, they set up that fight between them. Yeah. And it was more set up as Davy versus Elizabeth and Carl versus Elizabeth. Like, I don't yeah. know what happened there, but... And I try, like, I guess he doesn't have a lot going on from David's, really, other than being with Carl, who he was already with. Yeah. Um, we're not getting any of his provider story. I don't know. Very weird. Yeah, like, I don't know at all where he's go- coming up. I think he's there's a good chance he's one of these two Davids picked off, and then the yeah. Strike Force does it, or whatever. Like, <laughs> I just really I have, like, nothing to say. Like, they just... I think this is the biggest dropped ball. Yeah, for Give him sure. a confessional every episode. Like, honestly, just give him the edit to the swap. That's fine. And then just a confessional from then on. Like, about anything. And there's gonna be people online, like, arguing that he's gonna win. Yeah, I mean, people were, like, we had fallen off of Davy, but people were still, like, mm-hmm. sort of high on Davy. And then this episode was like, well, Davy's not winning to, like, everyone. Yeah. So. I just, like, that's, a, like, there's, every now and then, like, they just make, like, boneheaded decisions, in my opinion. And this is one of them. Like, even if he talked, you know what I mean? Like, had a scene talking to Carl or something and being like, yeah, Elizabeth sucks. <laughs> like, something <laughs> yeah. to check the box or whatever. Like. <laughs> I don't know. That's really all I have to say about Davy. Like, no story, no relationships. We know Nothing. he doesn't think Alec should be there. And somehow Alec now looks better than him. Like, I don't, like, 
This is not how I expected this merge episode to be, by the way, at all. Like, imagine Alec, CPN5, Davey, Invisible, Allison, like, four visibility merge episode, four episodes ago. Like, yeah, like, what? Like, <laughs> what happened? That? You tell us that at episode, like, three, and we're like, I would definitely sure? bet $100 against it. You know what I mean? Like, These spoilers are bad. <laughs> yeah. Can't trust this person. <laughs> ban the ban. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's Davy. And next, we will talk about the greatest Survivor contestant in the history of Survivor. Um, Jenna Bowman. Jenna Bowman. Yeah. <laughs> oh. She's on this Outcast twist. Wow. <laughs> that's why she um, got such a good edit last season. Remember? Oh wow. Okay. Well, I think it's a good merge episode for Jenna. Okay. No, we're talking about Gabby Pascuzzi. Uh, I love her so David. much. <laughs> the voice of the Davids at this. Maybe to be fair, maybe they didn't include Davy before we've officially transferred. Maybe they just like they're like, oh, we want Gabby to have the central narrative for the Davy or for the Davids, and they just <laughs> thought Davy being in it would be confusing because the name's Davy. I don't know. That's a possibility. <laughs> that's the that's the one uh, saving grace, maybe. But Gabby, the spokesperson of the Davids, the our protagonist of the season. I think easy to say at this point. She's just always there. And I was like, this is, I see it now. I see why everyone is like, Gabby's going to win this. Yep. And then we get to like minute 54 and she just like breaks down. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well. I like, I literally was like ready to call it before tribal. I was like, okay, Gab, I was right. This is the episode Gabby needed. She wins. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. much. And then what a terrible tribal count. I, as the lover of Gabby, was even like, oh my god, like, this is egregious, but... Yeah, it was just, like, all this cognitive dissonance about her having this plan to stick with Strike Force and let a few Goliaths, or Davids go, but then in the episode, she's like, I don't know if we should do this, and then at Tribal, she's, like, sort of trying to represent Elizabeth, and then she just votes out Elizabeth. And it's like, so, what's happening? I do think... That there is a chance that we get the Angelina situation next episode where she says, yeah, I really wanted Elizabeth- your jacket. Yeah, I really wanted Elizabeth's <laughs> hat or whatever. I mean, more like uh, Gabby's like, I really wanted Elizabeth to go after Angelina or something like if we get that, that completely clears it. And so, like, I don't think it's and I don't think it's that bad. Like, it's bad that she was crying that much and screaming. But like, I feel like the episode set it up enough that like her like that was her empathy moment and i think they kind of had to show that for her to rope that theme in you definitely Um, like i almost think you just have to show it like yeah otherwise it's this weird one-sided or one on one angelina versus elizabeth the whole tribal Mm -hmm. and that's not the most uh captivating yeah and i mean like yeah the producers love someone screaming and crying and talking about the theme right like it's yeah it wasn't that bad like i i almost think she was maybe playing it up a bit Mm -hmm. as much as gabby can do so it actually this is like my conspiracy theory about it is the reason we got kind of christian davy all these people vanishing after the episode to rationalize her crying at tribal council um because we see before tribal before the immunity challenge that she's willing like she's down to vote elizabeth all in that kind of thing after the tribal council then she's the only person who shows any hesitation which I think, and it's very on theme, it's very, like, 
David Goliath, that kind of thing. So she is now the sole defender of the David who's in trouble. And then, but she still articulates, yeah, I'm still willing to vote her out. And then at Tribal, she shows that emotion, that empathy. I think the post-immunity challenge edit kind of makes a lot of sense if they want Gabby to look like an intelligent, capable player while still showing the that moment at Tribal. I think that makes a lot of sense as like a rationalization and kind of yeah. explains why the other Davids were gone. Yeah, because I think you can definitely just sort of not even include that one Gabby scene or like talking mm-hmm. about how the David versus Goliath thing and just have her break out at Tribal Council in typical Gabby fashion. But they tried to rationalize it, I think. Which is a thing that's always happened with her. And I think the single reason she's still so many people's pick, including mine. She's up there. Like, I mean, I'm just struggling, but I think I have to consider and see where she's going from there. I think she definitely needs that needs that Angelina moment presented in a better way. Um, but talking about how the Elizabeth vote was okay for her game. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and I guess the thing we're sort of beating around the bush about, the beating around the tree maybe, is uh, Gabby's weird confessional at the merge feast. Um about the sign and the napkin rings. And sort of the reason we did that is because we have a listener question. Which we thought, um, yeah, we read every email you guys send, and this one is just so perfectly on uh, on theme that uh, we'll go through this person's questions and uh, kind of dissect it about Gabby. Yep, sent from Jeff. Jeff himself, Jeff Probst, has sent us the question. Loyal listener of the show. Um, no, it's a different Jeff. Um, he says... Hi there. I'm not new to watching Survivor, but I am new to both Edgic and your podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. Um, do you think it's significant Gabby was shown at the merge feast with a confessional about how she was looking for an idol clue, but then didn't actually find anything? Is this supposed to show us that she has strategic chops and is playing the game hard, even though she isn't able to find a clue? And then later on, he says, I am wondering if we have seen something like this before in previous seasons, where a player gives a confessional about trying to find an idol or a clue, but is unsuccessful in doing so. So to address the first point, yes. I think it was extremely significant that Gabby is the one who gets to comment on this, despite not finding it. Um, It's a good way to be like, look, she's a girl and she's thinking about strategy and idols. Uh, That's really good for her. Um, it's also just gives her something to talk about really early on in the episode. And it's a way to introduce this to us because if nobody found this idol, we definitely need to see it. I think the common theory is that there's like a palm tree on the napkin rings and, um, the sign and the sign says like your key to a perfect merge. Um, it's all right here. And it points to like under the tree. And apparently in shots before this, there has been, shots of this tree in like on the island Mm -hmm. so um that's i think what we're expecting down the line and my prediction is that gappy is gonna find this um like i do think a lot of it has to do with like like we kind of saw it last season with um uh stephanie and jenna looking for the idol and we were like oh my god pay attention to that pay attention to that uh because stephanie and jenna narrated michael finding his idol uh, and we were like, that's really significant. It didn't end up being super significant, but I think this is a little different because Michael found it immediately. No one found an idol in this episode, but we are introduced yeah. to that. There is one based on the super obvious camera zoom in on the thing multiple times uh, and it, like flashing a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. 
So it being Gabby to mention it, there's obviously either a chance she's the only one who noticed. Uh, and that's why she got it, which could be Occam's razor a little bit. I doubt it. Um, and so I do think that more than likely it means she's either going to be the one to find it or the person who finds it not going to be super significant and this is just a way to make her look good. Either way, it's really, really, really good for Gabby. Yeah, I think it's definitely a good good moment for Gabby regardless of how it pans out. Um, I do think it's definitely going to be found. I'm sort of toying around in my mind whether it's just like, oh, is this alluding to something that they just never found? But I think if they would have done that, they would almost like pan to the palm tree in question to mm-hmm. be like, look, it was here. But they probably, if Gabby wins and that happens, they probably don't want to make Gabby look dumb. Like, it's good that they showed it. They didn't show where it was. Or it wasn't like right under her nose or anything. Like, there's a lot of goodness to her myth not finding anything. Um, and especially good that we've been told that girls have a really hard time finding idols. And almost like if a girl finds an idol, it might be a really weird and shocking and really fancy and, um, like, once-in-a-lifetime kind of moment. Like, it's, like, Angelina kind of, like, set up the tea for a girl to find an idol and have, like, a big heroic moment that's even more heroic than a normal idol find. Uh, and I think this is the early sign of it. They're foreshadowing. Sorry, you said set up the tea, and I was, like, trying to think of what... Like, tea ball. Like, okay. <laughs> it's like... Because, you know, tea, I was thinking, like, a tea set. like No, no, like, uh, yeah, like, the, I got, the sport. I yeah. got there. Yeah. I was thinking golf tea, but we got there. We got I think there. that okay. also works. Either one works. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's really good for Gabby, regardless of who finds it. Mm-hmm. And I think it is sort of setting up uh, later episode arcs where Gabby sort of puts two and two together and goes looking for it. I, yeah, Gabby's either going to find the idol or know who has it. Like, there's not... Like I think I think I'm willing to say that she's not necessarily finding the idol, but she's gonna maybe find it similar to how Jeremy found an idol in Dan's jacket. Yeah. Um, um. But going back to Jeff's question about this happening in other situations or circumstances, um, it's sort of weird because I mean, once Survivor was about this sort of idol clue story. But then it was just like, let's just find idols without clues. Thanks, Russell Hance. Um, and I don't know. I feel like a lot of the time, other than when it's on Exile Island and you're getting more and more clues, we don't see this. It usually resolves within that one episode. Yeah, like there's a lot, obviously like the infamous moments of like Sari being like, and then we had to go that side of the island and then this yeah. side of the island. And then, you know, and then it started raining, so I couldn't find it and like stuff like that. But yeah. I do think there's a broader spectrum of stories that have an obvious end that aren't told in that episode. Like, things that are, like, set up in one episode to pop off in episode, like, in X, pop off in Y. Um, yeah. Those happen a lot, and that's what this was. Like, that, th- there's, like, a, I guess, a category of, like, setup that is in this, and this is just one of those. Yeah, the one example, and I didn't research it too much, but, like, in Pearl Islands, they have that chest that they get clues to. Mm -hmm. And then, like, production, like, didn't properly proof the chest, so, like, it was all rotten. And it was kind of, like, not as exciting as it could have been. I'm trying to think, um, or, like, any of the weird, like, choices in Australian Survivor 2017, which is apparently my like favorite season today. Um, like with either the cookies or the jam, 
Like, were those, like, built up before they... Yeah, 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 they were. Like, you... It's definitely, like, a kind of a newer school thing. Like, I think you see them playing with this more and more. Um, The closest example I can think of, and again, I didn't 100% research this, but I do remember an episode where Cole and Triple H saw the idol in the flag. Like, he walked right by it. It might have been... It was Cole or JP. It was one of those two. It was one of those guys. Walked to the flag... There was an idol that was, like, buried under the flag or whatever. And we got a shot of them looking for an idol. I think it was Cole. Looking for an idol. And then... Like, because often... Obviously, often, people look for idols and then it's used to show they're sketchy or whatever. But this was, like... He's looking for an idol, and it flashed where the clue was. He didn't find it, and then Ryan f- or Ryan and Chrissy found it in the next episode. Um, so you do see stuff like that sometimes. I do think mm. this is, again, a little different than that. Because um, this was mostly showing, in my opinion, that Gabby is thinking about the... This is... If this is Gabby's winner edit, which I kind of think it might be, this is the moment where they're like, hey, yeah, Gabby was really emotional and stuff in the pre-merge. And look, now she's thinking about the game. New Gabby. Yeah. New new, uh, new merge, new Gabby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I can think of things like token chains where, like, Sandy doesn't know what a pace is. And, like, they show, like, the tree in the background. Is that token chains? Yeah. There's so many genes. idols, so many seasons. But, like, they show it sometimes, but it's not as... This was different. And uh, yeah, as we've alluded to with Gabby, a lot is different with Gabby. Um, Gabby finally looks like Aubrey looked in episode two or like episode four or whatever of Co-Rock, like where she's gotten over her uh, like manicness to an extent. Yeah, like obviously at Tribal, mask comes off a little bit, but um, for all intents and purposes, this is a new Gabby. This is a reformed Gabby. And I really think the sky is the limit for Gabby. Um, she touches, she, like we mentioned this last season or last week, she touches on all of our themes in a positive way. She's the reverse Angelina. Um, Angelina like hits all of them with like, like stumbles her head on all of them. And yeah, Gabby like slides nicely into every single theme. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I think that's all we have to say on Gabby. She's my winner uh, pick. I don't know about you. I, I yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. For yes. Now. Just to have a concrete place. Because I think I haven't really talked about anyone who's made me feel as confident as Gabby. And I don't think anyone we'll talk to about from here on out will make me feel as confident. So, yeah. So, thank you, Jeff, for the question. Um, thanks for listening. On to John. John Hennigan. He was very a, fun in this episode. He had a birthday party for his dog. And it was shark-themed. It was. I love this guy. Not in the episode. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. On Instagram. Um, (laughs) He ate 100,000 calories or whatever. Um, He was was very funny in this episode. Um, Yeah. But still very subdued. Yeah, and I think John is another one of these people who's playing one of the best games. Like, John is the one who's tasked with calming Angelina down. Like, John has a really good way of, like, in groups being like, yes, let's do that. And then talking on smaller groups like i don't really like that what do you think and then everyone's like yeah and then coming back and being like how about we do this and then he dan looks really bad for it but despite dan not being the one to try to save christian it was alec and john but angelina's mad at dan and consoles to john and i really think john is 
genuinely maybe playing the best game. I think he's playing a very good game for who he is and what he is. Um, yeah, maybe the best game. I think I could agree with that. That said, I do think he is. Like, him basically saying, yeah, I'm willing to vote at Christian. I'm with the Goliaths. We'll just <laughs> vote them all off one by one. Little uh, lack of foresight, I think. Like, Yeah, I think... I've said that this episode sort of is very blatant in how it sort of presents the strike force as the people to watch out for. Um, John is sort of the figurehead of maybe the only other possibility, which is Mm -hmm. that the Goliaths do stick together. And even then it's very subtle and not, like we said, not necessarily the most positive outlook. Yeah. I do think there is a chance that like he is still our winner because like while he was that and he did speak to that, he also is the one who saved Christian. And I, he also got, like, these funny character moments in this episode, which can kind of supplement. Like, he's not the big mean Goliath that they're talking about. It's um, other people or whatever. Um, and, again, he, like, he hits the authenticity theme. He hits a lot of these things that I think can really help him. But, like, we kind of need a clarification next episode if he actually is 100% just going to be Goliath strong. Because I think they left some room to question. Yeah, I think if he's still... Because we've seen that if you stick to a tribe, it's not a good look. So if he's continuing to be super Goliath strong, I think he's done. Mm -hmm. And John's been in this weird limbo state for us for basically the entire season. Of like, you can see this being his edit when he wins. Because it's so Mm -hmm. crafted, but... I would say I could see it for maybe, like, the first three or four episodes. Yeah, it's now a little I'm gone like, now, yeah. This is not happening, and if it is, I'm disappointed. Because mm-hmm. I think they could tell a better story. But maybe yeah. his confessionals are too over the top or something. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I do think he could win. Um, It would just be weird that he's getting this edit. Because he's getting, like, the B-type male edit. And, like, no one would have expected that. Um preseason or even like episode two or three he's a quiet character yeah i think if other stronger contenders get bigger flaws i could look more at him again he's someone who could resurge Mm -hmm. on my list i agree like he's he's another person who like if christian left soon what he would benefit from um yeah because he he still has that like he could be the natalie anderson in a really weird way upside like if he left soon and it was sufficiently resolved yes like i think if he's just like well christian's gone time to get out more davids uh, if that's his story he has no chance if yeah but there's a chance his methodology wins out but not him kind of thing like it's hard to say but i'm impressed with john either way um yeah yep on to Kara. good episode um hmm she finds out about another idol um she got to, to talk about, like, the game and, like, how, like, kind of her approach of, like, being calm. Like, you don't need to big, make a big move yet. Dan, you're in a great spot. What are you thinking? The biggest problem is that Elizabeth identifies them as a duo. Um, that's bad for And her. she, like, loses all her bonds with Elizabeth. Like, she mm-hmm. doesn't reflect on losing someone who she bonded with immediately. Um, she's another person, I think, who was somewhat missing from the post-immunity challenge. Because mm-hmm. I think when Elizabeth was targeting Dan, that happened right before. And then 
she's sort of a background character in all the Goliath discussion, but not really up there. So, and she's like, she didn't get a tribal council question. She didn't get a lot of this kind of stuff, uh, which is bad. Uh, her story, I think for me, Kara is a safe bet to make it far still. Um, I don't think there's a chance she leaves. She's in the finale. I'm pretty sure. Like, mm, it just makes sense. It depends on how tight Strike Force is. I could see, I guess, with um, well, with the way the season is playing out, the people who have idols are going to be targeted at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think I could see Strike Force and Goliaths losing casualties there. Um, so yeah, I think Kara could sneak in because there's just enough space left for her. Um, but yeah, the curious thing with her is that she doesn't fit into Strike Force, mm-hmm. and she doesn't feel like a major player in the Goliaths either. So yeah, that's the thing is like her bond is Dan, and that's it. Like yeah, and it's a good like it's a, it's big enough of a story that it's fine. I think uh, she's probably my number two winner pick. Like I would do Gabby, Kara, Christian, Mike probably, um, but I just. Like, part of me just doesn't feel like she is our winner. Like, like my brain says it makes sense, because, like, she does have stories. There's so much obvious edit manipulation with her. Um, she gets way more confessionals than a lot of people in this kind of archetype do. But I don't particularly think that matters very much. Um, because, like, I think she's also more captivating than a lot of people cast like her. She's clearly way better at the game than most of them. Um, but... It just doesn't seem like this is the season where the girl Goliath cheerleader girl wins. Like, it just doesn't feel right with the story they're telling us. Yeah. Something about it's just not adding up. I feel like Kara was more captivating and in a lot of interesting places to make, um, like, comments on stuff. But not necessarily, like, winning. Mm-hmm. Like, I keep going back to, like, that moment when she's on the beach with Jeremy and Natalie, and then she has no comment after it. Yep. I think whenever they, Kara's in a good spot to give, like, reliable insight on something, they'll do it, but, like... She's hard middle of the road almost all the time. Like, she's yeah. a game bot, is what her role in this season is. But, like, like an under-the-radar game bot. Yeah. Like, the person who is very purposefully playing a smaller game. Okay, this is a really weird uh, comparison. She reminds me a lot of, like, like a Chris Hammonds is at it. Like, Miller Road, kind of lower key, but everything they say you can trust is true, um, just as a general rule. Uh, Chris Hammonds talks a lot about how, like, David's a good player and how he loves him, and, like, like Brett's his guy, but Brett's a little careless, so you don't know if you can trust it. Like, I feel like if you and like no one ever considered Chris a winner, but like why was that? That's what I was gonna say. I was thinking like I get it, but like from what I remember from Millennials versus Gen X, Chris was never like considered as a winner so, contender. I'm not gonna lie. I think what it is is honestly, if you literally just gave say this was like Dan and um, Kara was like a gay relationship or something. You know what I mean, like and Kara was Chris. <laughs> I don't. I don't think people would be considering her as much. Like, I think there is something about her being like the pretty girl, like quote unquote. Yeah. And getting yeah, the strategic right. content that people are like, "Ooh, she's Michelle. She's Michelle. She's Michelle." Um, but it just like it doesn't like she doesn't have 
like this giant broad story like yeah she does have the social charm thing but like authenticity thing like we're saying is winning out here um this is a season about privilege and it's almost i think telling us that she's privileged to have people just really want to work with her and that's not a good thing so for me it's like i i have to put her high because it feels like on paper she should be a good chance to win because but it just doesn't feel right like i don't know i think for me to reconsider Kara, i would have to see some relationships start with like um any davids Mm because i think right now she has nothing like i guess she's talked to davy and carl but nothing's strong there yeah and it's like again like a cross tribe thing is dominating this game like yeah, like, even if she's that last survivor of, like, when the strike force starts taking out Goliaths, like, I almost think when you, uh, it's hard, because Mike Holloway was in the Alliance before he wasn't, mm-hmm. and, like, so he had all those connections, um, Ben was the same way, um, you but know I would think you would show, s- go ahead. Like, it's so similar to Devin, like, where there is manipulation, there are these scenes that make no sense quote-unquote, unless he wins. Until you realize that Devin was edited as the last obstacle to Ben. And Kara kind of reminds me of that, where there is so much obvious manipulation. There is so much, like, she is getting to comment on things that normally people in her archetype doesn't get to comment on. There is, like, she does get good confessional. She does have a story. She does have a bond with one person that's super clear and obvious. But it doesn't feel like winner. It feels like person in Endgame who's been edited better than their normal archetype is so that somebody else can topple them. And that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Cause I think like if, what if you get down to this weird situation where it's like Gabby, Allison, Angelina and Kara mm-hmm. and like Kara is your only opposition to Gabby at that point. I mean, you would have to show why Allison isn't, because I think at this point, it seems like Allison is, like, okay. Um, but if that's our all-girl all girl Final Four, like, that could be an interesting way. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're right in that if Gab, like if someone like Gabby's our winner, Kara very much seems like the enemy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not, like, villainy, but, like... Yeah, it's, like, almost if you were to draw the opposite of Gabby's character, it's Kara. And... Kind of very similar to if you draw the opposite of Ben's character, it's Devin. Of the chill surfer dude who's really good at making people do what he wants. Ben, on the flip side, Ben's the rough around the edges, steamrolly guy who's got a big heart. Like, it's very, like, they're polar opposites of each other. And Gabby and Kara are also that. And I think that makes a lot of sense to me, but who knows? Yeah. That sounds right. I feel, I just don't feel like right about Kara. I think there's been some obvious flaws. And even though our Edric bar looks great, I think the stories, the actual stories aren't doing it for me. Yeah, they're not clear. And I think the thing is, is like, I think this season is going to come down to a question of Kara versus somebody. And yeah. that's why I have to consider her because there's a chance that I'm picking the wrong horse. But she's going to be a horse in the race near the end, I think. It's I just... almost think it'll be a sort of situation where, like, we need to get Kara out, but she either wins immunities or has Dan's idol somehow. <laughs> and, yeah. I agree with that. Um, I guess, do you have anything else to say about Kara? No. No. Nope. I, yeah. Let's move on to Mike. I thought this who... was an incredible episode for Mike. Ooh. Hot take, but... 
he's kind explain. so he's kind of the first person who gets to really explain why the strike force is good um i think that's really good he's kind of like alec is the leader but mike almost got the like philosophical reason behind it confessional he got a, fun, a lot of fun like little character moments this is I, I haven't been considering him at all um this is the first time where i'm like oh i could kind of squint and see him winning I think he's another one who didn't get anything after the immunity challenge, but unlike the others, he's on the other side of that, mm-hmm. where like he's a Goliath. And I think you could give him an interesting point where he's like, yeah, I'll stick with this until it doesn't work for me anymore. Like, I don't care if it's Christian or Elizabeth. That's like, true. It, well, I guess he does care if it's Christian. Um, but yeah, that point goes to Alec, I think. Alec is like, mm-hmm. I obviously don't want Christian to go. So That's a good point. Yeah, maybe I'm not, like, I guess he's still in that same problem then. Like, I don't know, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, there's a couple people who they're trying to position as the threats. But maybe this just means Mike is someone who's going far, which he is. Like, he really is making it really far. Yeah, if we're, like, stuck in our dream world where Kara's in opposition, I think Mike is one of those boots at six or five who just has to go because... Too likable or played too well or something. Yeah, just not loyal and useful, I guess. Yeah, and it doesn't help that he's kind of the beta in the rock stars and stuff, too. Um, but him being in Strike Force is good. Him having a clear duo in Strike Force and Nick is really good. Um, mm-hmm. And Christian, and then also Anti Gabby. You can kind of see an endgame of comprised of them, um, of like Nick picking Mike over Christian and Gabby or something. And that's obviously good for Mike. Um,. So I guess that's the thing is this episode clarified Mike is definitely there near the end. It's just. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Mike's not a big like, yeah. Like what? How? How does Mike go out? He's very much the person who is like targeted pre-merge because he's not useful to like challenges and stuff. And then once merge comes, it's like a hard like Courtney Yates switch mm-hmm. to like this person doesn't need to go anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. And like. Honestly, you could probably make a case that Mike's playing the best game, too. Like, he's, he's another one who I think could be a contender. Because um, he also seems really good at this game. Like, I'm sh- surprised at how good he is. Um, and I, th- I think my argument would be that he's safe, but does he have the resume? Yeah, that's that's obviously the thing. And, like, him being rich and stuff. I could see Mike being a losing finalist. He's somebody on that uh, board, I think. Uh, yeah. Because we know why he would lose. We know enough about that kind of stuff. He did, like... Like, that's the thing, is, like... He could win. Probably. I would give him, like, a 1% chance. Hmm. That seems generous. I feel <laughs> like... Well, I didn't think this was a good episode for him. So, yeah. I think him and Nick just sort of had these, like, nice little moments in the first half of the hour. And then they sort vanished, of... Vanished, yeah. Vanished. And, yeah. I guess. Are we ready to move on to Yeah, Nick? let's move on to Nick. Because, like, I think thinking about how we've talked about everyone else and it's like sort of fit together into a somewhat neat puzzle where you can start to see where people are fitting in. And then like Nick, I'm like, well, I don't know where this piece goes. Is it an extra piece or like, <laughs> did, the, did you like, send me an extra one by accident? <laughs> Which is weird. Cause the Nick is the most visible person on this season. And I talked to my parents about the season, like, and they're like more casual fans. <laughs> they didn't, they couldn't name Nick. Like they had no idea who he was. Really? That's interesting. And, like, they, like, they're, like, casuals, but, like, they watch every episode. They kind of watch every episode, like, twice sometimes even. And, like, he was the one person they couldn't place. Like. Huh. It's weird. Because, yeah, yeah, up until this episode, 
Yeah, he was doing very well. And then all of a sudden it's like, yep, Nick is here. He's in this alliance. He talked to Christian. I stumbled that's into this you, alliance. Not a that's great That's all you episode. need to know about Nick. And then the rest of the episode wasn't about him at all. So Yeah. I think Nick I'm on really t- I think I'm on the Nick's a villain train. Just he hasn't started his run yet. Yeah, I think it depends on what Angelina does and even if Angelina doesn't get voted out, if she sort of like transforms into this like goat character it's sort of like philippines where you had abby maria and once it was just down to abby maria on her side you had to make other villains Mm -hmm. so you had like your penners or stuff like that so i really think that yeah like and we have that anti like that nick doesn't like angelina or doesn't trust her or whatever um I do think that what's basically how I see the season going is Angelina's gonna get voted out or toppled or something, right? Like something's gonna happen to Angelina where she loses power, and then Nick is gonna be the villain who replaces her, who doesn't win. Hmm. I'm interested, like if it goes down to Strike Force, how how does Nick become a villain? Mm-hmm. Like in what capacity? I guess the single thing here that maybe could be like the elephant in the room. Nick's resolution of throwing Gabby under the bus is still not here yet. And that was such a big moment and the single biggest reason that we were low on Gabby for a little while. Uh, That middle of the road mixed episode three. Or, yeah, three. I mean, I can't say it's completely gone. Yeah, it's not gone. That story's gone right now. But it was so (laughs) focused on. And And we're losing the bit players in it. Like, we lost Mm -hmm. B... Um, Elizabeth is gone now. Yeah, it's um, a firmly Harlan. a Nick versus Gabby. Yeah. And I kind of think, like, and now they're in an alliance together and it wasn't commented on. I kind mm. of think that there's a chance that Nick becomes a villain by killing our protagonist, Gabby. That's, like, the one, like, the one road. Because I, like, in my mind, I'm like, Gabby's in the finale. But I could see Gabby being right before the finale or in the finale getting booted early or something and it being a brutal blindside by Nick. Because he's going to stab someone really bad. And it's going to be Gabby or Christian. And it makes a lot more sense for it to be Gabby. But I do think Gabby outlasts him, so it's hard to say, but that could be... Gabby could be our robbed goddess at the hands of Nick. I don't know. I guess a lot of this hedges on Nick really being that villain, and I maybe don't see it as much. I think... That first episode really made a lot of people think he was going to have some villainous qualities, but that's really softened Mm -hmm. because of the circumstances and the way it sort of leads into, like, Nick's second chance, where he's not really been villainous since, other than, I guess, the way he... Okay, well, mm, the way he treated Gabby, but that is such a weird... That's his villainous story, right? Like, it is tied to Gabby, is he... Because that's the thing is, I think that mixed episode told us everything we needed to know about Nick. He's a good person who also is willing to be ruthless in the game. And we haven't got that ruthless side yet. And I do think that he's going to backstab one of our favorite people and it's going to be, like, frustrating. And I think he's here. I would say Nick is in the final three. I don't think so. No? Nah. I don't know. Like I said, he's that puzzle piece that doesn't fit in. Maybe by virtue of being at, like, the end of the cast list, but... (laughs) Also, how weird is it that N is the last word, but... Yeah. (laughs) And, like, even at the very beginning of the season, it was P. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, no, Nick. So for me, tip to getting tip to getting cast on Survivor: have a name that starts in the first part of the alphabet, because like, who knows? Yeah, um, I don't know. For yeah, me, anyway, Nick is that person who I think's in the fire making challenge, um, or uh, not in the fire making challenge, but in the fire making portion, like in the final four. At the yeah. very least, I could see him losing fire. Maybe that explains why he's lazy. Um, <laughs> but that seems like a little bit of a stretch. Um, I just think it it doesn't make sense for him to leave before then. And I don't know. I kind of think the throwing Gabby under the bus thing could be the Gabby or sorry, it could be the Devin or like the Wendell Dom thing or the uh, Ben Devin thing where Nick puts Nick wins final immunity or something and puts Gabby brings Mike Gabby's in fire making against whoever. And he's like, haha, Gabby can't possibly win. Uh, you know, he like twirls mustache. Gabby wins heroic moment. Gabby wins. I kind of can picture a Nick and Gabby final three with somebody else. I have no idea. I don't know. That's hmm, so speculative. I don't. Yeah, it's don't pretty know. specific. I just, I don't know. <laughs> Because to me... Where's Kara? I don't know. That's Honestly, that's my problem. There's a lot of people who feel like they should be there near the end. But um, Nick and Gabby are the main ones. Like, if I could, like, I think two of the four is going to be Nick and Gabby. Maybe, let's let's be more generous. Final five, Nick and Gabby are there in some capacity. Um, I don't know who the other three are. I really have no clue. Probably Kara's in there, but... Yeah, I think Kara's down there. Kara's, like, finale. Yeah. Gabby's finale. I just Nick feels weird to me. I could like I guess I could see him leaving earlier. It's just like he kind of has everything going for him. Like he has so many relationships and stuff. Um, I could honestly almost see the name alliances thing backfiring and like maybe in the jury, everyone's like, I thought I was special to you, but you have like I thought we were the thoroughbreds, Nick. Why did you vote me out? I thought we were the rock stars, Nick. Why did you vote like? And then them comparing notes and being like, I can't, like, this guy's a snake. I could 100% see that um, as a natural resolution to that end of that story. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the thing is, like, with Nick, it's interesting. Like, it feels like he has so many, like you said, like, he's a missing puzzle piece almost. Like, he has so many variables, but at the same time, he feels like he's there at the end to me. Like, he does feel like he could go at any point and have any kind of impact. But I also feel like he's at the end but i also kind of feel like he's not the winner but he doesn't super feel like a losing finalist either i don't know he's a weird one it's a strange one Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right uh so now i I feel like we talked about elizabeth a lot um she was i think just tribe loyalty equal bad and also a good character she popped in when she was important left when she wasn't yeah definitely um someone someone said that like they reminded, or she reminded them of Sandy Cheeks, and then from there on out, I was like, Can't Sandy win. Cheeks yeah. is in this merge episode, and... And she does. She's a lot like her. Yeah. Yeah, put a, put a fishbowl on her head and astronaut suit, and you're good. And, like, I think we struggled with a merge boot for this season. She makes so much like, sense. Yeah, she makes sense, but, like, it was hard to predict, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. But, yeah, it wraps up nicely. It was a little weird that, like, Elizabeth Alec and Elizabeth Carr just didn't really resolve. Like, she was like, I think Alec might save me. And then he's like, I will not save her. It's a weird resolution. I feel like they, they just really wanted something on Vuku, yeah. too. And they needed to show Elizabeth Carl and Elizabeth Davy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, who knows? So I guess that's Elizabeth. Um, I really don't have much else to say about her. 
I... I'll miss her. Like, the way she, like, when she gets frustrated, she, like, makes, like, faces. Yeah. Like, trying to contain her anger is very interesting, and I think she's a good character. I agree. And I think, I honestly think she was a good player until... The her back started. Yeah, her. really. I think that honestly completely threw her game, because it seemed like everyone liked her before that. Um, yeah. So, I don't know what happened. But, yeah. That's, uh, that's Elizabeth. So, Joe, who is winning this game? Hmm... Uh, intruding outcast Jenna Bowman, for sure. I don't know. I think Gabby is my, like, pick. Like, I'm really frustrated that's Merge, and you're supposed to have your official pick, and, like, the best I can do is Gabby. Well, I'm like, very confident and happy with my Gabby pick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think if it's not Gabby, you have people like maybe Christian or maybe, weirdly, Kara. But, like... It just feels like so many people are. Yeah, to not me, it's like winning. everyone feels wrong, and Gabby feels weird, and weird's better than wrong. It's kind of how I see it. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, for me, it's like Gabby number one, Car number two, Christian three, Nick four. I don't really see anyone else winning. Yep. Um, who is going next, Dan? Is it Dan? Uh, it's Carl. It's probably Carl or Davey. It could easily be Davey. It's, I just think they're the next two. Like, if they were, like, two-hour special episode, I would be like, ooh, I know what's happening. Yeah. I do think there's a chance Davey plays his idol correctly and it's someone else, but... Um, yeah. I don't know. And I th- also think, my prediction, Gabby's going to find an idol in the next episode. Um, hope isn't a strategy, but finding idols is Gabby. Remember that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh... And that's really, like, I, I think there's a small group of people who could be in the next boot. Like, it's either, like, yeah. Carl or Davey or Dan or Angelina. Like. I, yeah, I don't even think, like, Angelina, like, Christian. I think they're very much, like, into that misdirection. Mm-hmm. They're going to be our decoy uh, boots for a while. Yeah. Well, either one of them. I like. So that is what it is. So uh, that's our show. Uh, our website is thewinnersedit.wordpress.com. Uh, there's a contact form there, or you can email us directly at thewinneredit at gmail.com. If you got a good question that we think will be helpful or interesting, we'll read it on the uh, thing. We'll examine it. Uh, that's always fun to do. Uh, new episodes are on Saturdays, Sundays, sometimes Mondays. Uh, this depend- one's going to be late. <laughs> yeah, it depends, it depends just kind of like on the schedule. We're busy. Uh, it's going to be shared on our Survivor or our Edgic, uh, just as a post. But then also we're on all major podcast catchers, I think. Uh, again, let us know if it's not. Review us on iTunes. Uh, our show notes, we'd like to put like a little nice thing in there. Um, sometimes Reddit works weirdly with if we put the edgex in there. So we like sometimes edit them in after. So if there's ever any weirdness there, just let us know. Um, but yeah, if we ever see any helpful links or anything, we'll also put that in there. Uh, but yeah, that's our show. Remember, uh, Gabby and Angelina are queens and everyone else is peasants at their feet. Uh, yeah, they are taking over the reign of Queen Jenna Bowman. <laughs> yes. First of her name. <laughs> All right. Ruler of Fiji. Farewell, friends. Goodbye.